Hello and welcome to Achievement Hunting 101. I'm Fufu Cuddlypoof and this is level 259. Joining me tonight is Big L. Hello, Kenny. Also joining is Kushmoose. I'm Kushmoose. <laughs> and Maychart. He's Kushmoose. It's decided. Yes. Can't go back on it now. Hi, Kushmoose. Hi, Al. See how I'm not yelling at you? Uh, we just started, Wait. buddy. We just started. <laughs> All right. I got to give it time. You're right. <laughs> give, it, give it a few minutes. Who knows? Nate might get mad at, as mad as you as uh, a couple of ponies on Twitter are right about now. Oh, boy. The Ooh. salt. Salt is real. Ah, All those flavors. Mr. Fuji. <laughs> are you going to sing to it's us, bad. Kenny? Am I going to sing to you? Yeah. We got to sing to to each other. Like uh After the week I had, I have not seen. <laughs> I'm going to sing to you then. Um close your ears, fog. Why? Why? You know why? No, I really don't know why. <clears throat> happy anniversary, happy anniversary, happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Yeah, I sang. Oh, that. <laughs> oh, that, he yeah, says. Yeah, I thought I think this was going to be in a much different direction. Oh, yeah. that. No, the love songs come later. <laughs> That's not what I meant. I one Honestly, I really had no idea what you were going to sing. And that's what I do. So he keeps the so magic alive in this relationship. That's what I've been doing for five years. Not knowing what I'm going to do before I do it as well. But yes, this is technically sometime this week. What what, what day did you say it would be? Our five-year uh, episode? Did you say it was July 12th? Are, 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 are we counting episode second, zero? I think that's what he said. Yeah. If we're not counting episode yeah. zero, if we're starting with level one, our anniversary uh, is well, yesterday as you're listening to this podcast. Or was yesterday, as you're listening. Yeah, to we'll, we'll go with that. Grammar. <laughs> I mean, five years plus or minus one week is pretty pretty accurate. So. Yeah, it's close enough. Yeah, it's close enough. This July-ish. is a podcast, so. Yeah, so thank Look. you to all of our listeners for making this possible. It's been a wild ride. Yep. Yeah. Oh, oh. Where's KT Echo with all the uh, all the crazy stats? You got five <laughs> years of stats to let us know. Let's see them spreadsheets. And we mm. have to make sure to give a special shout out to our patrons. Like the folks that are signed up on Patreon really help keep all this moving. So it's awesome that they do that and continue to do that. And our Twitch subscribers, much like our Patreon yeah. people. Yeah. I went from a $5 mic to a $10 mic, guys. It was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and a sandwich. Don't tell them about the sandwich. I was <laughs> sorry. <laughs> supposed to buy that. <laughs> Remember that old mic you used to have, L, where you would sit there and uh, echo and play all kinds of sounds? <laughs> oh, yeah. I do remember that mic. That's classic. I should bring it back. Is it time to bring back the soundboard? Bring it. We haven't done that in a long time. Oh, yeah. Soundboard. <laughs> so funny story actually about the soundboard with Chivo Bot. 
I actually found the old iPhone that I used to use for that. If it yeah. had a better battery and would last for more than five minutes, it would be a little <laughs> easier to bring back. I remember now why I had to get a new phone because the battery on that thing was done. Well, I know that's big news for us and our podcast, and that's awesome. And again, thank you to everybody. But I think we have some other actual, you know, we're not a news podcast, but there's some big news that we do need to take some time to discuss today, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. I uh, finally watched Encanto again, and uh, I didn't fall asleep this time. Uh, That's not news. Yeah, it wasn't. That's what I was thinking. A bad Disney Disney movie isn't news. Oh, Oh, boy. Yeah, it was was very mid. (laughs) I'm only saying that because I've legit never watched it. I know nothing about it. Outside, for some reason, we're not allowed to talk about Bruno. Oh, that was from that movie? I guess. I don't know. You're not supposed to talk but about yes, it. We have, but yes, we have some crazy good news or maybe some mid news if you're a pony or maybe some bad news. I don't know. Oh, Depends on who you are. Pony rhymes with Sony. Now I get it. All right, go ahead. I don't even know what to, how to respond <laughs> to that. <laughs> if, only, if only the cameras were on <laughs> so you could have saw my face. Um. Wow. <laughs> but yes, it has been announced today that the judge who was ruling over the FTC injunction has ruled in favor of Microsoft and they are good to go with the acquisition of ABK, Activision Blizzard King Games. Now, obviously, this has been going on for way too freaking long and we've had one so many twists and turns, so many private emails leaked and whatnot. It has been absolutely insane. But for us gamers, this is huge news. This is pretty freaking awesome. This is probably some of the biggest news in the maybe in the history of video games. Yeah, maybe Bubble Witch Saga. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> there was also some like this is crazy one of the largest tech uh, acquisitions of all time. Which yeah, it highlights like how crazy stupid some of the stuff that happened during this trial was. Like some, I, I think it might oh have been lawyers gosh. for the Sony, or well, I don't know if it was because Sony should not have even I don't know whatever. But somebody submitted documents where they redacted information in Sharpie, so when it was photocopied, you could see the information underneath. Like yes. there was <laughs> just so much like weird oh the ftc lawyer at one point said that something about sony and the judge had to correct this isn't about sony it's about the consumer it was just a weird situation the whole thing it was sony and microsoft that that accidentally gave away more information than they meant to so (laughs) yes because of sharp leaked emails have been insane it is like the worst divorce court you have ever watched Everyone was so petty, especially on the Sony side. For sure. And like, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand they Sony needs to try to block this. I get it, but like, oof. Do they though? Was this bad to watch? Do they? You well, know, when maybe. They were talking about how how much money? Well, they were talking about how much money uh, Call of Duty basically gives. You know, how much of that income goes to Sony uh, because of Call of Duty? Like, it was like they really. You know, they have like, what was it, like 17%, I think, of PlayStation players only play Call of Duty. Like, that's the only game they play. I don't think it was 17%. Well, I guess maybe. It was something like that, yeah. 
It was a very large number. I guess number. technically it could be because I don't know how many PlayStation 5s have been sold, but yeah, like 1 million PlayStation 5 owners literally only play Call of Duty. So yeah, maybe that is 17% since that, there's not like yeah, that I'll, many PS5s out there. I might have the percentages wrong, but yeah, it was it was an insane percentage or number. It's just like, really? That's, that's crazy. Yeah, it's, I mean, the whole thing is just fascinating, right? Because if, if you, and we're all xbox players here right like i mean i know nate you have a playstation of some sort right uh and we all have mm-hmm. switches yeah. we don't talk so about it. We, we don't only uh because the switch is a console so we don't only talk about um xbox oh boy. here um <laughs> is the switch a sandwich that's the question but um but yeah it's it's just the, the argument could be made right and it's frequently made by microsoft fans if you want to use such a term because it's weird that any of us should be fans of multi-billion dollar corporations that sony started it right they signed all these exclusivity agreements that we learned about throughout the course Uh of this trial to intentionally keep minimizing microsoft's space and microsoft just turned around and that was their argument for the bethesda acquisition too was listen we want starfield also we're getting tired of you putting all these things behind exclusivity walls we're just gonna buy them because we can't compete this way. So Sony created the environment that led to this acquisition, sort of like a play stupid games, play stupid or, or win stupid prizes sort of situation. So yep. here we are. And it'll be interesting to see how this continues to change the gaming landscape as we go forward. Yeah. To that point, uh, like you were saying, you know, Sony wanted Starfield to be an exclusive and we're filing the paperwork. And because of that, Xbox said, no, we're going to buy ZeniMax. And then they continued around going and buying ABK. And I'm not going to take credit for this. Uh, Ryan McCaffrey of IGN, you know, Podcast Unlocked said, you know, this is the equivalent of Sony effing around. And now with this acquisition of them finding out. Right. Like that was just a beautiful picture of of exactly how this went. It's just... Yeah, but I don't know about you guys. I mean, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, we before we get too much further into this, I think we're going to discuss this uh, a, a lot as we go through it. I think we should probably start reading some of our patron answers because that was the question we posed this week is what do you think about the merger? And uh, kind of wrap that into more of this discussion we're going to have more broadly among us. Yes, I agree. Um, L, would you like to go first, read the patron responses and give your opinion or lack of lack thereof as i can imagine <laughs> what do you mean i've been talking nonstop about this major acquisition what does the k stand for king king burger oh okay the b is burger and the well, k is king done, L. he's been paying attention i couldn't tell you he's what the hell attention. i couldn't tell you what i couldn't tell you what that uh, what games king makes i know bubble Activision. witch saga baby oh that's what you're saying i know activision Candy and Blizzard. like Candy Crush is like the oh, biggest crush. game ever. So the most pop players I ever. Can't say I've played that. But yes, that is a thing that old ladies play. I who, used to play who work at libraries. Time. Been called worse. If I was going to be called Papa Bear. Speaking of old ladies <laughs> who work at libraries, Mighty Mango says uh, <laughs> one of the most overblown and annoying news stories that just won't go away. I am sure Microsoft will somehow mess it up. Mm-hmm. Ouch. 
That's you know, I don't uncommon, necessarily disagree. It's not a, yeah, it's not an uncommon reaction from these fine folks. Um, we'll see how overblown it is in, in the future, I suppose. The only thing that's going to be overblown is those game pa- coming soon Game Pass uh, pictures. Uh, yeah, they'll they'll do that and raise the price to $40 a month or something, but yeah. Hashtag worth it. <laughs> Hawkeye, I bean-dived Hades Barry. Barry, the lead, says, it's obviously a good step in the right direction, but it's not a done deal because of the UK, so I'm getting excited about nothing. Well, getting excited about nothing is what we achievement hunters do on a daily <laughs> basis. So this is your... your I mean, what? <laughs> well, there, there was I mean, some news that came out awesome. in, in the hours after the decision came down uh, that Microsoft is meeting with the CMA, which is the UK regulating body, uh, over a small divestiture, which I, I imagine the point would be to clear the way uh, to making this happen uh i'm not going to pretend i knew offhand what divestiture meant but uh kush you were able to give us a a description of that real quick so we all know what that means yeah i binged it (laughs) (laughs) oh look at that synergy you got those points it's the action (laughs) or process of selling off subsidiary business interests or investment oh right so microsoft's gonna sell off something some part of something to get the CMA hopefully to be on board with this. We don't actually know exactly what that means, but that should be happening in the coming days. So apparently the wheels are already turning for that. So we'll see what that amounts to. It better not be bubble witch saga. (laughs) 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 What's your obsession with that game? Have you played it? It's it's bubble bubble. Oh, I want to go to there. It's time-gated bubble bobble. But it's a whole saga? Like, is it a collection? Yeah, Would Devin the, like yeah, this? Like it. They have at least two of them, maybe three. Whoa. That was like years <laughs> ago that I knew that. So there might be up to 12 by now. I don't know. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go ahead and read two, two patron responses now. Unless, Al, uh, did you want to give your opinion? Um, or should I just continue? Sorry, <laughs> wait, I, I didn't wait, give you the wait. chance. What? <laughs> My reputation prestedes me. I mean, listen, if we get more games in Game Pass, that's awesome. Obviously, there's negatives too, but we'll, we'll let the patrons get to all that. We'll get to all that, like Michelle said. <laughs> all right. Then I'll go ahead and read, read the response. The first one comes from Vulgar Latin, who says, Is that done for reals? Personally, I'm mostly against it. Microsoft hasn't shown to be a particularly stellar owner of things. Look at Rare. That, and I'm not mm. sure, um, for corporations consolidating power as they have been doing. Now, this, I, I think, is a very, very good critique. And um, I just lost, I lost my train of thought where I was going. And a plausible reason of why this is a bad thing. Outside of, you know, hey, we're Xbox gamers that all subscribe to Game Pass. So, yay us. We get more games that we're never going to play. I, I don't know... The- what the deal was exactly when Microsoft acquired Rare and and how the what the machinations were behind that. It seems in the recent let's just go buy up studios game, for better or worse, Microsoft's been more hands off. Like you're still going to operate the way you operate. It's just now we have primary access to your IPs, which maybe a 
difference maker with regard to how things go with Activision Blizzard. This is just guesswork. Um, but like, I don't know, the Viva Pinata games weren't bad. They're not as cool an IP as uh, Banjo-Kazooie, but they were fine games. So I don't know, I, like, that's one of those we're just gonna have to wait it out and see how it goes. Yeah, I'm hoping that after the debacle that was Redfall, Xbox becomes a little bit more hands-on with their studios and, you know, helps guide them in a better direction because, God, do they not need another game like Redfall. But it's... it's They they take so many bad publicity. They don't need more of that. But it's important to distinguish that Redfall wasn't Microsoft holding their feet to the fire and saying this is the... Like, the game was in a bad way already when the acquisition happened. The team was hoping Microsoft would step in and do something to either stop it or, you know, lengthen the development cycle or something. But that wasn't a project like... It, it falls under their umbrella because this release happened as the company was a Microsoft property, but it getting there was not because of Microsoft uh, forcing or, or demanding that sort of development, right? So hopefully, right. like that situation is so unique that that's, I hope, not going to be comparable to whatever happens with this merger should it finalize. Yeah, it's the perception. Xbox owns uh, ZeniMax. Redfall it falls under air, therefore Xbox ruined Redfall. It's a perception thing. Yeah, they absolutely were not the ones that uh, commissioned that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll go ahead and read the second uh, second response from um, X Nurmagomedov. Uh, he says nice. Microsoft has been pretty vocal about continuing to allow Call of Duty on PlayStation and now even more plaf- platforms like Switch and Cloud, which as a side note, how are you going to get Call of Duty to run on Switch? My God, it can't. It, Switch can't even run uh, Tears of the Kingdom. It'll be cloud, and you're going to put Call of Duty it'll on be there. Cloud. Like it'll be run through the cloud on the uh, non-console that is the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he continues to say, "So I really don't get why everyone, everybody seems worried about that. It never, never should have been a huge deal if that is the only concern of the opposition." Personally, I don't play a ton of ABK games, but I'll look forward to the new Game Pass editions. Wonder if that's why the price just increased since we're about to get a bunch of high-value games added. And also, if WoW comes to PC Game Pass or somehow gets an Xbox port, that would be crazy. I think WoW coming to Game Pass is definitely like one of those, there's a distinct possibility that might happen. Like, look at what they were able to do with... um. Uh, the League of Legends stuff. Uh, I, I'm blanking on the on the company that owns them. You know, they got all that stuff into Game Pass. If this falls under the umbrella of it, you know, who knows? We might get WoW on Game Pass. I can't imagine it comes to Xbox. That would be nuts if they did. That would be, and it would be really cool, but who knows? As for my thoughts personally, like. I'm all as an Xbox gamer. I'm all I'm all about this. This is awesome for like two reasons. One, as most people know that listen to this, I I like getting into the console wars crap, especially with some of my friends who are to, or PlayStation fans. You know they like their JRPGs, so there's no reason for them to have an Xbox, and they like to you know mock me for having an Xbox. So being able to say, hey, look at all these new games that are coming to Game Pass is cool. Would be cool. But then also just what makes this all a 
a more valuable product and what makes it cooler is having all these Call of Duties or all these new uh, game Activision games on there just raises the value of Game Pass even more. Like if Blizz, since now Blizzard will be will be under them, maybe you get you know X amount of, of Overwatch coins a, a month or something like that. If it gets more people to sign up, then there's more subscribers. There's more com- more money more money coming in. What other major third party games could we get into Game Pass more frequently? That's what that's the really cool part about this. If as if there's more subscribers, there's more money to go around, you know. We all we always look forward to new games coming into Game Pass. What are some of the new big releases that we know have no chance of coming to Game Pass? Well, maybe now there is because if this adds a million people a month to this, you know, Microsoft might be more lenient saying, yeah, sure, let's go spend more money to get X game. I mean, look, look at GTA five. That just came back to Game Pass. There's got to be a reason for it that, you know, they've got to be making money. People must want to sign up to play that or something. High tide raises all ships. So who knows? And if nothing else, it'll be really cool to see those coming soon to Game Pass <laughs> screens when they just having even more games. A lot of the Twitter sentiment. It was cool when they acquired Bethesda. Yeah, a lot of the Twitter sentiment was Melissa McGame Pass is going to be busy. <laughs> yes, extremely. She, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of photoshopping that needs done. All right, uh, Michelle, why don't you go ahead and read some responses? Sure. So first up, I have Wild West 08, uh, who says, I am hopeful that this is coming to an end soon. This much scrutiny on a company that is behind others is baffling. The view of trying to placate P- PlayStation yeah. is something I don't understand. Microsoft should not be punished for putting a lot of time and resources into cloud gaming. Competition is good, and it usually breeds necessary change, which I hope PlayStation does to keep things fresh. Um, I agree with a lot of this uh, sentiment. I think Mm -hmm. the hope, right, is that this doesn't create sort of a studio buying war, that you're not going to have Microsoft now bought Activision, so Sony buys Square, and then Microsoft, you know, buys... uh, whatever other companies might as Sega or whatever. You're hoping that that's not what's going to happen, right? Because more access is better. And I think that's part of what Microsoft's at least been trying to sell to these different regulating bodies is look, we don't want to keep call of duty to ourselves. We just want to profit from it. And the best way to profit from it is by putting it on other consoles. So cool. Um, But yeah, I, I, my hope with this acquisition really is that's what we get is, Hey, Sony, look, we're playing nice. We're going to, have call of duty be on your console so that 17 percent of your gamers don't all come over to us but we're gonna need you work on that square enix partnership thing because if you're going to keep them to yourselves we'll just keep this to ourselves and then it becomes sort of a bargaining chip in that way instead of just again like a all-out studio buying war um but well a lot of this is we'll wait and see i agree competition is good it's always been best that the marketplace has as many healthy competitors as possible. So three healthy consoles mm-hmm. in the market, including the switch. This is absolutely, <laughs> you know, the best for all of us. So, um, and well, I am, I am for it, except for the caveats that other people have brought up that it, it is weird to have these big, big, big corporations merging together because it coalesces a lot of development into one spot. So that's obviously a little bit of a, a hesitation point, but yeah, we'll see. Um, moving on, Ahizo 
says, I am still not convinced this isn't too harmful to competition to allow. This is a massive acquisition, not even remotely comparable to the people constantly trying to compare it to Sony buying Bungie or bribing Square Enix for exclusivity. Regardless of whether COD, Call of Duty, stays on PlayStation or whatever individual example someone wants to give, despite that not even being a real part of the concern, this will be industry-changing levels of big. All that said, I'm at least glad it's closer to wrapping up one way or the other. Also, the FTC made a point to exclude the Switch from the console market. Regardless of their intentions, I support them for that alone. And clearly, we all disagree <laughs> with you. Um, and that's okay. We're, we're not going to <laughs> touch too much more on that part of it. <laughs> but um, but no, I think I think Sony buying Bungie and Square with these exclusivity deals, Activision with the exclusivity deals, the near exclusivity of Starfield, <laughs> Street Fighter V missing Xbox entirely, all of this led to this point. There was just this yep. continual sense of, nope, Xbox gamers can't have that. Nope, Microsoft can't have this. Nope, can't put this on your consoles. How many more of these? So I understand you can't compare any one of these things, but the entirety of these things, it led to this point. Because yep. there is no, except for maybe I think Tomb Raider did some like limited edition content or, or like timed exclusivity on the Xbox. There really aren't that many examples of it. It all was so on one side of this plane. That's why we're here, and the whole Starfield, the whole yeah. Zenimax acquisition is because of of this, because of Starfield and Starfield nearly becoming yet another exclusive. So that these were their business practices. That's why it's happened. This is the way to equalize the marketplace, or Sony's just going to keep doing what they've done the whole time until there's really nothing on Xbox other than complete platform, multi-platform games, and Xbox exclusives. Yeah, that's the one thing that Sony or Sony was talking about how they're afraid that Microsoft is just going to buy up all the studios and then they're not going to be able to survive because there's everything's going to be under their umbrella. Play, PlayStation was doing that with all the games. Like you were saying, you know, uh, call of duty had all kinds of content that was a year long exclusive. There's a new Call of Duty every single year. That basically means that a uh, good portion of Call of Duty was just straight up exclusive because as soon as the next one comes on comes out, everybody moves moves on to the next one. I remember being back uh, back in the day with um with Destiny. I forget what the gun was called, but there was some gun that was added that was super super good that was a playstation exclusive for an entire year it was op it, it completely changed the way you would play destiny over on the playstation side it made raids easier uh pvp was different it was way more fun everyone wanted to use that gun and that gun alone well by the time it got over to the xbox side because it had been out for a year it had been nerfed to death it was worthless. No one wanted it. It was completely irrelevant. So anyone that played on the Xbox literally never got to even experience that. That's the crap that happens with exclusives. Exclusive games aren't bad. Exclusive content is. I think each developer or, or each first party publisher has a right to their first party games. That's If all the consoles were exactly the same, that hurts us, right? That That's lack of competition, this, that, and the right. other. But this taking all these other big franchises and and again it, it's been a nickel and diming sort of as much as these are like you know five millions and ten billions uh, of 
taking this content over years and years and years. And we haven't even really touched on the fact that we, when we think of Microsoft, right, like nobody feels bad for Microsoft because this is, again, a big multi-billion dollar organization. They are very powerful in other markets. But in gaming, they are the distinct number three. Yeah. This isn't the number two trying to take over the number one or the number one trying to get stronger. This is a distinct third competitor trying to get to footing with one and two, which they're supposed to be able to do. Yeah. Overall, there's going to be some a lot of good that comes from this, but there also might be some negative where, like you were saying, if all of a sudden this becomes a buying war. Right. Only that's my concern. Right. That would be very bad. There will be no positives. And quite honestly, I don't see that happening. We'll see. Because number one, Sony can't afford it. <laughs> and number two, I can't imagine uh, Xbox being able to go out and buy like a Sega and it actually be able to go through. I, I think a lot of it will rely on um, whether or not Sony is willing to come to the table to sign whatever Call of Duty agreement that pretty much every other gaming streaming platform has signed. Um, because if they know they have access to it, then there's no reason to get into this sort of petty back and forth about things. Uh, but this is, this is all sort of unknown, just, just guesswork at this point. I will say, I, I think, um, Sony may raising such a big fuss over this. Obviously it was smart on their part because, you know, they don't want their, their, their competition to have all, uh, more games and more power. But, like, I'd be willing to bet that if they didn't raise the stink that they did, Call of Duty would be an exclusive to Xbox. I would be shocked. I would bet anything on it that, you know, Xbox elites were like, oh, no, Call of Duty is going to be exclusive. But then they eventually had to put that on the table and said, no, no, it won't be exclusive to make sure that this goes through. I they were bending over backwards, doing whatever they could to get to get this through. I think Microsoft was very aware that Call of Duty was the bone of contention in this whole thing, because no other franchise has been mentioned in this, right? Like Candy Crush has millions and millions and millions of players, right? Yeah. But nobody cares about that in the terms of this agreement. Call of Duty is what keeps getting singled out. And I think they knew when they decided to start with this, that making Call of Duty agreements for other platforms was going to be an important part of building their case for why this merger is not going to be harmful to competition. Especially because just think of the wealth of IPs Xbox has. Give me a prototype three. You now own it. You own Arcane Studios. Do it. (laughs) Nate, why don't you go ahead and read some responses? All right. Uh, Chewy says, I don't have strong feelings about the deal itself. Like Vulgar, I generally don't like the idea of big corporations getting bigger and killing competition. But in this instance, I'm met on it. I also think the UK's reasons for blocking it seem a bit nonsensical. That's coming from a Brit. Uh, I mostly (laughs) just want it over so it doesn't continue to dominate the news cycle. Um, Yeah, but come on. We got some hilarious stories out of that. Um, so Red, Stack, Red Stack says mixed as a gamer, particularly particularly an Xbox one. That was easy to say. I like this and I've been looking forward to it as a consumer in general. However, I'm concerned about the increased monopolization of the economy, uh, but I don't think it's particularly the hill to die on. Uh, so basically what Chewy said, uh, but but in a nicer voice. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I love Chewy's accent, too. So I don't know why she said that. Um yeah, uh, okay, I'm the last guy to go, so everything's already been said. Um, 
once again, uh, the, I love all the stuff that came out of it. All, you know, the uh, the comedy of errors, um, you know, the Keystone Capers, uh, you know, all the leaks, all the goofs uh, of, of, you know, whoever scanned the documents or, you know, tried to redact the documents and all the leaks of, the, of like shady practices and numbers that we never would have gotten otherwise. Uh, you know, Microsoft holding back consoles to kind of help buffer like their cloud and like Sony exclusivity agreements with developers and publishers. Uh, I'm just so thankful that two to five years from now, we're going to get the Apple TV dramatization with like Stephen Moyer <laughs> from True Blood as Phil Spencer and Zendaya as Sarah Bond. It's going to be killer, man. And you know, that's going to be a Game Pass perk. So I'm really, <laughs> I think that's going to be great. And I'm looking forward to that. I love the fact that we might get some, um, you know, some licenses that might otherwise have just gone by the wayside. Maybe there's a chance they'll come back. Um, and, you know, and a lot of these games that uh, I had to like load a disc into my console, well, they might be on Game Pass. Now I don't have to walk to the console. So I'm, I'm all for that. But yeah, I, I'm happy that it's hopefully mostly over and um, we can just get on and, uh, you know, get our Game Pass going. You know, I'm sure the price is going to go up again. Not, I don't think that this one was the, the price increase. I think we're going to get another one, uh, you know, when when the influx hits at some point. It's coming. I don't think we'll two. get it ahead of this launch of games, like whenever the first wave of them comes, but sometime after that, we will. I, I agree. I mean, they already tightened up. Yeah. They already tightened up some some loopholes that, you know, the way that you could get, uh, you know, game, uh, games with, not games with the gold. conversion. You get your... Yeah, yeah, you get your gold. Xbox Live uh, Gold, yeah. Up jumped to, uh, yeah, Xbox Live Gold up jumped to, uh, to Game Pass. Like, okay, they kind of closed that loophole, so now it's not, you know, the same value you get before. So they're, they're closing all the gaps. They're, they're, they're tightening the ship to get that money that they're going to get from all this. So it's definitely time for them to get the money. <laughs> They've been going for a couple of years now. I will say the one thing with the, with the price hike, I don't know how much of, of raising that was based on this. And all the future games that we are going to get. You know, we've been hearing about the Game Pass family plan coming out forever now. Maybe hiking the price up $2 on this is to make sure that the family plan just looks that much more appealing to try to get that many more players in. Yeah, they're just, and once again, they're plugging all the holes for when Starfield comes. Like, they don't want people just, like, slipping in, getting Starfield and getting out. Uh, they They want to capture all that revenue as much as they can. That's my take. And shoot, even with an extra two dollars, it's still the best deal in gaming. It has pretty much always been, and probably always will be. Just yeah, I need to subscribe to it because it is just that good. There's so much good stuff on there; it's hard not to have. And now with all this, it's now even more difficult not to have. The Game Pass just does it so right. I guess before we go, PlayStation go has their matching service, and it's just never had the same pick up as as game pass and excluding their own first party catalog has a lot to do with that so that's another thing that this merger may motivate them to do you know if if people are gonna run over to game pass because hey you're getting call of duty day one in game pass i don't think they would do that but say they did you know a great way to combat that is say look here's the new spider-man game and it's launching day one into playstation plus or whatever the service is called so it may make them change their model to make that service more competitive with Game Pass 2, which will be beneficial to PlayStation consumers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because from what I understand, at least, the PlayStation Plus, if you get the highest tier, it's basically just a whole bunch of PS1, 2, and 3 games. 
and some P- PlayStation 4 games. Nothing new. So before we go to Game Showcase, and I'm just kind of springing this on to you guys. Assuming this all goes through and a whole bunch of stuff comes to Game Pass or whatever, and now all now Microsoft Studios, they now get to make any game they want through any of the IPs. What are you most looking forward to? What series? I'm going to let you go first. Tony Kenny. Hawk. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll go first since obviously I already kind of said it and I have a couple in my head. But yes, I want I want Prototype 3. It is mind-boggling to me that that series died. Why is there not a TV show of it? Why is there Netflix not picked it up? That that game is brilliant and needs more love. Uh, also, I really want more plastic instruments. <laughs> Revive Guitar Hero, please. No. Yes. Give me a Rock Band 5. I will buy it. That, that's the wrong people. We could play Rock Band 4 now. No, I wish I could, but my dongle is broken, and it's $400 <laughs> to replace it on, on eBay. <laughs> Give me a new one so I don't have to spend $400 freaking dollars to replace a 360 component. Oliver will never have a sibling. <laughs> oh, if he did that. Mm. Oh, no, that was my bad. I'll let you figure out that joke in post. <sighs> yes, I don't know if you heard it before. I no, would like I more uh, Tony Hawk. Um, yes, I great confused answer. Why we never got three and four or whatever the next iteration would be? Because it seemed like it sold well and did well critically. So that one confused me. Um, there was something that happened. I think because of this whole. Uh, acquisition, something with the higher-ups, Activision, Sony, something like that. I forget exactly what it was. Uh, it basically got shot down. They were in the process of remastering 3 and 4, but then Sony didn't like it, or there's like dispute, some sort of contract dispute. I don't know. I can't exactly, I can't quite exactly remember why it got shot down. Hmm. Something along those lines. Nate, Nate or Michelle, have you guys had enough time to think of something? I have um, an answer that no one else will share with me because uh, I seem to be the only one really love the game. And I know that the, the developer is out of commission, but I really loved Blur, which is an Activision property. And I would be super pumped to play another Blur. So I know that that's not going to happen. Microsoft has the Forza games. They do not need another racing game in their uh, uh, you know IP folder. But man, I would love to see another Blur. I don't know what you're talking about. No one else is going to be with you. I freaking love Blur. That game is brilliant. I didn't realize that was in that was a part of this. I don't remember that being an Activision game. I completely agree with you on that one. There needs to be a Blur too. Or just reboot it. More racing games. Yeah, uh, more arcade can you just style racing imagine games. Playground. Yep. Playground does Blur. Yeah, I, I would be for it. I would be all for it. Take all the money. Mm. They can they can combine um, Blur and, I don't know, <laughs> Bubble. <laughs> I wanted to make a Blur Watch project joke. I can't think of it. Mm. A bubble Watch. Yeah, <laughs> 0. 0.5 next, moving on. Yeah, definitely uh, 0. 0.5. <laughs> <laughs> 
So thanks for asking. Um, yeah, the <laughs> PlayStation has so many superheroes on lockdown, right? They've got Spider-Man, they've got Wolverine. Uh, I think, uh, you know, there's a, there's a brand new, um, uh, Black Panther game that isn't quite locked down to oh, them yeah. because it's not their developer doing it. And hopefully they won't have any shady practices that prevent us from getting it. So I want some sort of superhero kind of, you know, on our side. So obviously prototype. I love prototype. Yes, I've never finished it. Whatever. It's great game. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, it's a lot of fun. I would finish it eventually. Um, uh, Do it now. Or revive that Deadpool license, right? Like, so oh, let's, let's yes. get Deadpool 2 with Ryan Reynolds. You know, forget forget what's his name from Uncharted uh, voicing him. Let's get, you know, let's get the real one, uh, Ryan Reynolds. Let's get him in there uh, voicing it and then... That would be awesome. I think I would love to see something like that come along. Or, I know, let's get Ultimate Alliance 3 off of that non-console switch and get it onto a console with achievements. The Xbox. Let's do that. I love your answer. More Deadpool is never a bad thing. Mm-hmm. The game is brilliant. All right. Well, as long as nobody has anything else to add, uh, let's go ahead and get into the game showcase. But if you're listening to this and you have any thoughts, by all means, jump into our Discord, uh, go to the podcast discussion channel. Let us know what you think. Tell us uh, we're wrong. Tell Heiser that he's wrong. The Switch actually is a console. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not a good one, but it, it is one. Oh, yeah, boy. It's <laughs> definitely not a good one. Oh, boy. Bad. <laughs> all right. So, yeah, let's jump into the to the game showcase. Not even 4K, dude. Oh. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> go ahead. Tears of the Kingdom, their their new game can't run it it runs on 30 uh, FPS. That's awful. Oh. Uh, um I want to go out of order. I'm not going to order the sheet. L, you've been quiet. Apparently, you don't <laughs> care about about good games that could be coming to Game Pass. So, what uh L games do you want to talk about? <laughs> I only play bad games. Like I said, L games. Oh. You know, L L is short for Big L, is also short for Elroy. Bad games. All right. I won't talk too much. I wanted to talk about, I wanted to compare and contrast, actually, a couple of things. Um, so I, uh, as we know, East Asia Soft added gamer score to a multitude of their games. And seemingly out of nowhere, they went from 1,000 to 2,000 and then to 3,000, like, really fast. I don't know why this was allowed, when this was allowed. And East Asia Soft, I I don't know. I used to sing their praises, but now I'm not too happy with what they did. What? I know. You would think we'd be happy about more gamer score, but now it's just... Like, give us some new content, at least. But anyway, I'm going to compare and contrast real quick. Uh, the first one is Cake Invaders. Now, Cake Invaders is a cute little game. It's a shoot 'em up So it's called Cake Invaders because it's like Space Invaders, and you are protecting cakes from getting shot or, or eaten, as it were. And mm-hmm. there's a little bit of luck to it with the power-ups you get. Naturally. You want to get the power-up to make you get more people, more girls shooting at the invaders, and you can have up to five at once. If you get that early, uh, you can have a better run. 
what you want to do actually is, is there's five pieces of cake and you want to let some of the cake get eaten on purpose so you could just concentrate on protecting uh, the cake you need. Now, in the base 1000, you only had to get up to the 12th wave. In the DLC, they uh, added up to the 20th wave. So they actually made it harder to complete. Now, isn't that That's something? That's not the East Asia software. I know. Isn't that something? And because of this, it's worth a 3,000 gamer score and a pretty healthy 4,400 TA. Wow, it actually has a ratio. Yeah. And it took me like half an hour to do instead of two seconds. <laughs> this was not fair. Well, I mean, to be fair, you know, Cake Invaders does have some inherent difficulties built into them that doesn't allow them to add a jump 20 times requirement. So oh. they had to think of something ah. else. You know, I didn't, I didn't think of it that way, Nate. Yeah, but, but it could um, just been like, uh, shoot this, a thousand times. This was actually a, like a positive. Uh, honestly, this is more of a positive than a negative update, in my opinion. Because they could have they could have added like, you know, change the sound in the settings. They could have done all kinds of nonsense. Yeah. But, he, but here's where it got weird. The first title update, you had to reach the 14th, 16th, <clears throat> 18th, 19th, and 20th. And then the next update, they went backwards and made 5th, 7th, 10th, 13th, and 17th. So I hadn't done either of them yet, so <laughs> it was fine for me. So I just went up to the 20th wave. But I, I don't know what they're thinking. I really don't. <clears throat> but at least they made you do more of the game. So I was actually looking at the achievement list on this game. And I noticed <clears throat> that the first title update, it's mm -hmm. to reach to, reach the 20th. And the second yeah. title update was to reach the seventeenth, and right. I just thought TA put them in in no out of order. No, it makes zero sense. It makes zero well, sense. It's, and it's like I said, I'm what, lucky that I didn't do either of them yet. It's similar to what they've done with Color Pals, I think, because Color Pals is a fifty. Is that the also East Asia soft? Yeah, um, it's a fifty level game. So I want to say in the initial list you had to get to level fifty, but the the title updates are like beat level eight beat level 13 so it's like they built it in that way where they make you go through it the first time and now you'll get the retroactive pops when you load it in because you already beat it so i wonder if that might be part of the strategy well the game i was going to compare and contrast with is color pals michelle oh so, my uh, bad <laughs> you gotta put this on the sheet <laughs> no y'all gotta let me finish so I'm gonna let you finish, but you gotta let me finish. Well, <laughs> classic. So, in Color Pals, their title update made it so you have to complete from level 32 up to 50. But the second title update is where things went wrong, and like Michelle said, they picked random early levels that you had to recomplete. So I actually did just test. It does not auto pop anything for you. You have to go through and and redo them. Okay, that's good to know. Um which is different from another game that recently had an update, which is uh, Soka, which is Soka Bunny, which added on another 1,000 gamer score. And even if you didn't boot up the game, they, they gave it to you if you previously fulfilled the requirements. People were just getting pops on their phones throughout the day when Soka Bunny updated a few weeks ago. Oh, that's kind of cool. <clears throat> it's cool, but people that wanted to preload it were not happy. 
I also people okay, in G task where <laughs> they would have a ridiculous ratio and then have to exactly. reset and settle. Yeah. Oh yeah, they got they got screwed. I remember. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're in G task. You already hate your life, so you. If you want to hear about people that hate their lives, Leapfrog is still going on. Just in case you didn't know that. Oh no, I knew <laughs> from months and months and months and months ago. Uh years and years and years and years ago. Mm, I wouldn't go that far. I'm not talking about actual leapfrog that was invented when uh, Nate was a boy. I'm talking about (laughs) the TA competition. I think you might be confusing it with the never-ending bean dive. Oh. Oh, yeah. No, I'm talking about the TA competition. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of never-ending bean dive. My bad. I mean, that's... that's, I got them confused. That is for years, for sure. Yeah. How is leapfrog still going on? Holy crap. That I did not know. Yeah. That's insane. It is insane. Achievement hunters are a different breed, man. Yeah. They're crazy, but we're no better. That was actually something I just I meant read to bring. Five color pals letter levels for another thousand G. <sighs> anyway, that was actually something I meant to bring up during the uh, Activision Blizzard conversation. Like when we ask people within our community, the response to the merger is generally pretty, like neutral to sort of like, look, let's just whatever get done with it. But we're such a like small community within a small community of gamers. So I don't think it really like amplifies how big a deal that news story was when you're just talking amongst like achievement hunters. Cause it's just like, okay, cool. We're going to get more stuff on game pass with achievements. Uh, it's, it's definitely different. The things we do and how we, uh, how we approach our gaming and, and what's meaningful to us as well. I wonder how many of the call of duties have four player co-op. Do any of the Call of Duties have four-player co-op? I think they're... Aren't they all just Battle Royales now? No, that's just Warzone. I have no idea. I haven't played a Call of Duty campaign in years. I don't know if they're all still single-player or they are co-op some sort or something. I feel like the fact that it has so much of the player base in Sony sort of indicates that it is a single-player game, mostly. Like, um, That's fair. You know, I... Just the the general impression is that, you know, if you get an Xbox, you're more of a multiplayer gamer, with the exception of Nate. But if you get a PlayStation, you're more of a (laughs) single player kind of person. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah, that's true. Well, I mean, so now we're differentiating like couch co-op versus like online because a huge component of Call of Duty is the online. Right. I'm talking about the campaign. Not the co-op, but the versus. Yeah. 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 But yes, you're you're right. That's absolutely a fair observation that the multiplayer has a lot to do with it. I mean, that's yeah. why you have the 17% that are still playing. They're not just playing that campaign over and over again because they just love, you know, the soup can on level three. They're I'm doing sure it they because do. of the, <laughs> the online versus and just like poning noobs. Like, that's what they love. And they just are speed running that, that insane can. playthrough. That's what they're doing. No, no, you're right. You're right. You're completely right. They're being in that Call of Duty 4 training course in seven <laughs> seconds, which I think is like the, the speed run uh, world record. But anyway, somehow we got on that when Elle was talking about bad games. My, my bad. Well, no one here plays any good games, do they? <laughs> it's because Elle likes to talk about the ABK acquisition and divestitures. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go play Candy Crush. Goodbye. All right. Well, in that case... Uh, Nate, why don't you go ahead? What game are you playing? Sure. Uh, I'm going to talk about a Game Pass game. Uh, it's called McPixel 3. Now, um, <clears throat> this is a sequel, but uh, it's that silly, hey, uh, we're going to call it 3, even though there was no 2. 
and also, that's great. That's great. And also, Amazing. the game that it's a sequel to is not on the Xbox ecosystem. Dope. It's not even on that uh, that joke of a console, the Switch. Uh, you have to play it on the PC, <laughs> or I believe Newgrounds. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Something like that. But in any case, it doesn't have achievement, so it doesn't exist in our tiny subculture. Um, so Pixel 3 is an adventure, kind of a point-and-click game. It's 8-bit. It uh, made me laugh out loud i was not expecting that um it's dumb it is so dumb uh <laughs> the intro level you're i think you're falling out of a plane i can't remember uh you sit down uh you eat a bomb in a restaurant and the uh you're, you're introduced to the mechanic and the mechanic is just mm-hmm, silly mm-hmm. weird games uh and so you're then tasked with reassembling the bomb uh so you can poop it out uh <laughs> that is the level Ooh. of highbrow <laughs> comedy and uh, gameplay that you're looking for uh, in McPixel 3. If that doesn't sound appealing, then walk away because there is so much more of it. The way you interact with most NPCs in this game is you walk up to them and you kick them. Uh, Nine times out of ten, okay, five times out of ten, they'll explode. Um, The other five times, they'll just do something weird, like they'll start headbanging or they'll go do this other thing. Um, You... uh, (laughs) You can uh, hold down X, I believe it is. There's a button that you can hold down, and it'll show you all the action points that you can click on in a scene. Uh, and then uh, your task is, once you get to, um, let's just call it a hub. The, the main game is a hub world. You go to like these subsections. And then what you get are a number of scenes. You get like up to five scenes. In each one of those scenes, there are multiple things to interact with. And there's like a little film strip at the end of your interactions that will show. And if you did a certain action, you interacted with a certain item in a certain way, you'll get a, um, a little fill out on that piece of film. Uh, and that indicates that, okay, you found one of the things that you need to find. And um, what are they called? I forget what they call them. Um, what do they call them? Gags. They call them gags. Each one of these is a gag because some of them are really funny. I can't remember the one that made me laugh out loud. I was just not expecting it. And it's just uh, sometimes the unexpected happens. Sometimes the expected happens. Um, And uh, so as you're going through, you're going to find all these. And then you will, uh, as you complete, let's say, let's say that there's five scenes in the very first area that you go to. Uh, you'll, You'll start off on scene one. You'll do something. The scene will end. Uh, most of them have timers. I think they all have timers. So if you can't figure out what to do, that scene will eventually end. You'll then immediately go to the next scene. You won't be able to replay that first scene and just and work your way through it. No, they're going to push you on to the second scene. That second scene is completely different. You're going to have to do something completely else. You know, when that one's done, you go on to the next one, and you will continually continuously cycle through these scenes uh, until you get all the gags. Once you get all the gags. Um, uh, it turns gold and then you don't have to play that anymore. Uh, that's actually incorrect. If you get each scene has a correct solution, like this ends the scene. So if you figure out that gag, yes, that gag is now done. Uh, you can then move on to the next scene. And then when that's done, the entire uh, area is completed and you can move on. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you'll have gotten every gag, and if you want the full completion, and if you want all the achievements, you're going to have to go back and revisit those scenes and figure out what all the other gags are. Uh, the achievements, uh, there are 93 of them. You know how I'm I sorry, love. what? There are 93 of them. How does this um, have 93? Well, um, it's because uh, there are no title updates, so just wait. Um, there are 93 of them, and um, and I love a game with a ton of achievements rather than the, the minimum 10, they went with, you know, the, the standard 93, uh, which I applaud. And um, you are not going to be able to figure out what you need to do based on the descriptions or the titles. Uh, they just make no sense. Like there's, are we there yet? No. Uno, dos, trace quattro. Okay. So these tell you nothing about what you need to do uh, as you're going through. Um, and you're just figuring out the gags in these areas. Some gags, some gags, not all the gags, not the ultimate gags, just this random gag will give you an achievement. Now, <clears throat> people on TA are going through and they're they're marking some of these down. But solutions or, or places like Steam, I believe, has every uh, achievement tied and the gag that it's tied to laid out for you. That'll eventually make its way over to TA. Um I have been playing this just as kind of like a, a wind down because it's bite-sized gameplay. Um, it, it, I mean, the whole thing is bite-sized. You go in there, you play like a little, uh, this one area, you go through all the scenes, you're done. Eh, you didn't finish it, whatever. <laughs> There's no story, really. <laughs> or at least not a you know, con in con you know consequential story. I mean, you're eating bombs, for goodness sakes, and kicking people. Um, so that's really all there is to it. The, the music kind of fits what you're doing, the weirdness of it. Uh, Mick Pixel is basically a, a goof on um, MacGyver and uh, what, what was the SNL character? Uh, MacGruber? Yeah, MacGruber. Help him out. So it's like a combination of the two of those. Um, and it's, it's just funny. Uh, it's just funny. And if that's what you're looking for, then uh, this is a fun little play. TA says, what, six to eight hours? I put in an hour and a half and I've already gotten. Um, how many have I gotten? bunch i've got a lot it feels like i've got i've gotten 20 achievements already um and that's just an hour and a half of not really you know trying to go for anything just playing through and, and working my way through it uh some of the scenes it's really confusing as to okay well what what is possibly left for me to do and um that's kind of where the point and clickness of genre kind of comes to mind we're like okay well did you try the scissors with the peanut butter um you know <laughs> <laughs> because <laughs> like in Maniac Mansion and such, like, oh, well, obviously you put the hamster in the microwave. Right. <laughs> it's just the thing people do. Um, so, so yeah, you just have to figure out, okay, well, if I pick up this item, maybe I can use it with this item and it works differently, uh, you know, in this solution. And so I, I know at some point someone is going to put up a good guide. They're going to put up video guides, obviously. But hopefully some gen generous soul will put up a text solution uh, that will help you just check things off and make sure you get it completely done. But mid pixel three, I think is uh, a good fun addition. I'm glad I didn't have to spend money on it. It's $10. When that goes on sale, that wouldn't have been a bad, a bad buy, but uh, yeah, I'm digging it. Mid pixel three. That's well, not what I thought that was. Very first thing I got to say <laughs> on this. <laughs> of course, this is a devolver digital game. That makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As always, I was watching clips on this because I knew the name, but I haven't looked into the game at all. Uh, WTF? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of it. There's a lot of that. <laughs> wow. The um, 
Yeah, it's a Devolver game. <laughs> I mean, it's just a ton of yeah, it's a ton of a ton of Devolver vignettes is, is what it oh, is. Oh yeah, it's, you know that's what you're in for. Watch a video and know what you're getting yourself into, and then you know if it's for you, awesome. If it's not, move along. There's like going to be a whole lot more Game Pass games soon. <laughs> I feel like L might like this. This is not a Kenny game by any stretch of the imagination. L, I think would like this. L will. L will. Yeah, he's gonna roll laughing at a lot of these gags. So it's your humor. I like humor. I know you do. And Ooh. this is your type of humor. Oh, it's on PC also. Excellent. Maybe I'll try this on vacation. Hmm. It's got a four star rating, so a lot of people like it. Nate, uh, start uh, writing a walkthrough, okay, bud? So then I can uh, play it <laughs> next week. Uh, yeah, I've, I've already done a bunch. I kind of thought about writing down what I had done, but then I was like, Write no. down what you I, did. I play it like two in the morning. So, so you, you know. So you added it peanut butter, a stapler. It's like a fever dream. <laughs> a fever dream is a great way to describe what I just watched. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, tropey and obvious question, but maybe there's a real answer. Do you have to play McPixel one first? Uh, no, I knew you were gonna ask. I that. didn't play, but you absolutely, you yes, absolutely yes. have to play McPixel two before three. All right, I'm gonna. I I'm gonna, I'm gonna search for dollars. it. <laughs> I'm gonna search for it. I knew that that exact conversation was going to be brought up. What? <laughs> I've had just been to. doing I this long to. enough. We need to beat some dead horses here on this. I knew you were going to ask that. I knew well, Nate was going to respond. <laughs> which consequently is level three of McPixel three. So you know, the dead horse level. So. Oh. oh my gosh. <laughs> Now, can you pet the dead horse? Oh, that's level five. Oh. See, here's the thing. I don't know if he's joking. Because based <laughs> off of what I just watched, he might not there be joking. Might, there might be. <laughs> Honestly, there's some off-the-wall stuff. Uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of great references. Like, there's there's an adventure reference. So, back to the, the old Atari game adventure. Um, there's just a, a bajillion references. This This guy's an old... Uh, He's and, an old. Uh, he has some skills in making this game, so uh, there's there's a lot of references. <laughs> I do, I do want to point out one uh, achievement. You can p asterisk asterisk the dog, and then the description is, "Can I get a retweet for this?" So obviously, it looks like you can, you can pet the dog, but. Um, the achievement artwork. He's not petting the dog. I'll let you guys find it down at the bottom of the list. Oh, wow. That's something. <laughs> I feel like Peter's not going to be happy with that one. Wow. That's a game. I feel like next time Elroy's on, he'll be he'll want to talk about this. This looks like his type of game is, as well. Is that something like... You mean I where the lowest Kush is going to be able... <laughs> I don't know if Kush is going to be able to, to do that. He might just always be one achievement short of the completion. <laughs> I mean, the lowest ratio achievement awesome. is poop goes ploop. So I think... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm starting this up. You, you have to play that one. That, that is I'll the, have to uh, play it. Yeah, that's yeah, it the sounds tutorial. Like, yeah, it sounds like you do. That's yeah, the intro level. You have to play it. There's no choice. All right. Well, if you're going to get an achievement, you have to get that one. Yep. All right. <laughs> it's it, it, it's your game, L. It sure is. Um, in case if you guys don't have anything else to add to uh, McPixel 3, uh, Michelle. What game would you like to talk about? I would like to talk about a very old game 
that uh, isn't funny in this way, but uh, is one uh, I'm glad to have finally gone back to and finished. So I am talking about Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. Might Magic Clash of Heroes came out in 2011 on the Xbox Live Arcade. I picked it up in 2013. There must have been a sale at that point. And that was at that point where it was Xbox Live Arcade. I pretty much always picked it up. It's a puzzle game. And the way that it works is you control um, ar- like units uh, of, of, I guess, like an army. Uh, there are three basic units. Usually there's like a, an archer, a ranger, and some kind of knight. Or I'm sorry, an archer, a knight, and then a, a mage or some mix like that but depending on the kingdom you're playing in they'll be a little different and then there are five special units three of those special units take up a one by two space on the grid and the other two units take up a two by two space on the grid you succeed at this game by making matching groups of uh of troops based on their color so if you have green rangers for example like that you would put three of them together and that becomes a unit that will attack the enemy for the one by two units, you need two same colored units behind it. And for the two by two units, you need four of the same colored units behind them. And that's pretty much the gameplay loop. When I played this game initially in 2013, um, I had managed to get, I would guess, about a third of the way through it. There are five kingdoms you have to travel through, and, and there's this whole story about it. But most of it's just playing these battles. Uh, and I just got really, really stuck. Might Magic showed up on my RTDL this month my random to-do list. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give it a try. I popped a couple of the achievements I was close to, did not work out. And I wound up completing the game because the very last achievement in the game wound up being my random to-do list uh, achievement. And I'm so happy I did. I had a great time playing through this. Uh, As I mentioned really briefly before, there are five kingdoms that you play through. Each kingdom's part of the story takes somewhere between five and seven hours. Um, Each kingdom has different types of units with with different special attributes so the gameplay is varied as you're playing it's a 20 to 25 hour puzzle game and so keeping that in a way where it didn't feel like you were doing the same thing for all that time was actually really impressive i thought they did a very good job with it there's a neat little story in there that does have a you know a satisfying conclusion when all is said and done uh the achievements though it is an xbox live arcade game what this means is, obviously, it was 200 gamer score at release, and it only has 12 achievements. And for a longer game, that's a detriment when it comes to the achievement list. There's an achievement for winning a battle as a Sylvan army. That's the first kingdom you're playing in. So you get that achievement quick. Uh, there's no other, like, there are a couple of multiplayer achievements you can get quickly. Play a 1v1 game, play a 2v2 game. And thank you to Ahizo, Kronos, and Jay Black, who helped me get that achievement done. So I could put that away. There's a level 10 achievement as well for multiplayer. But it's very backloaded. You, you, I want to say when I picked up the game for random to-do list, I, like I said, I was about a third way through and I only had four of the 14 achievements because there's a, um, a $2.99 DLC that includes two achievements. Uh, and it took me all that extra time to get to that get to that final achievement. But I really enjoyed the ride. And the final achievement is for completing all main quests and side quests. As a sidebar about all that, you can't miss anything. There's a whole bunch of artifacts you collect. Side quests usually just involve doing regular battles anyway. And there are these bounties throughout the game too, which also involves fighting specific characters that you see on the map. So you're going to get all this through natural gameplay and if you don't get it 
you can always, when you boot the game up, pick which kingdom you want to go to. And it very helpfully tells you on each kingdom, you've done 11 of 13 things. And just go in there and find what it is that you need to do to wrap it up. That's um, convenient. Yeah. I mean, when I I had rated this game back when I played it, and I gave it a three at the time. And I'm guessing that's just because I got stuck or wasn't into it. But like, I I feel like I underrated it. Like, I really enjoyed it when I actually sat down and went through it. So I know the market among people who listen to this podcast for 12-year-old Xbox Live Arcade games with 240 gamer score is small. But if you are interested <laughs> in a good, like a really solid puzzle game, uh, it's too bad this is not something uh, that you would typically play on on streaming because this would actually be a perfect game to play on your phone. Uh, but I really enjoyed yeah. Might and Magic Clash of Heroes. So if you're into puzzle games, I would definitely say to give it a try. This doesn't look bad. No, and I haven't oh, it's played. Available, right? Yes, mm. it is still available. It's backwards compatible, so yes. um, no need to. Fifteen dollars, okay. Right, so it is fifteen dollars, but I think it's worth fifteen dollars. You know, it's like I said, it's twenty to twenty-five hours according to TA. I think my final hour counter was like twenty-eight or twenty-nine, um, but because the troop types vary from kingdom to kingdom, the it keeps the gameplay feeling fresh and and not it doesn't bore you while you're going through it it can if if you um in each kingdom your max level is is 10 if you somehow get through to the last boss of the kingdom and you're only level eight and you want to grind out those last couple levels which isn't always necessary that can get boring because the random encounters you get don't give you very small amounts of xp but it's paced well so you don't really have to do that i think in every campaign i got to the final boss just under level 10 so i only had to do one or two battles to pick up that 10th level but it was i had a great time with it and i'm glad that random to-do list got me back into it because i never would have picked this from the list on its own but uh it was a good time yeah well once again watching eclipse this actually looks kind of fun if i feel like i've seen a million um uh mobile games that's ripped off this formula yeah, and I'm sure there's other stuff out there. Like there's another mechan- mechanic. Um, so each round you get three moves and moves typically will be moving a unit from point A to point B, but you can also delete units. So if you delete a unit and that makes a match for you, you get an extra turn. So there are ways that it encourages you to take your time and, and measure the board. There are several encounters that are just uh, puzzle encounters. So here are the troops on the board. Here's the number of moves you have. Figure out how to kill all of the enemy units in these number of moves. There's only maybe 10 or 12 of those throughout the whole game, but they're fun too, just to vary up the gameplay and do something a little different. Have you by any chance played Merge and Blade, Michelle? I have not yet, but that's on the list of things I'd like to get to at some point. It's not the same game, but it is definitely very similar. It's kind of like in that same vein. That if since how much you enjoy this game, I think you would like Merge and Blade. Yeah, I would not be surprised, and it's definitely, it's, yeah, it's on the radar. Yeah, it's that same puzzly place units on a grid type thing with some strategy to it. Mm-hmm. Good game, I definitely recommend that. Yeah. All right, uh, Might and Magic. This this looks cool. If they put some touch-based controls on this and slapped it onto a Game Pass or something, it'd be pretty... Ah, oh, dude. 
Yeah. It'd be a great little right. game. If they updated this, like... For sure. Remastered it, gave it a full yeah. 1,000, because you could easily build more. Like, you would think with the five kingdoms that there would be an achievement for finishing each one, but when you only had 12 in the whole list, there's only so many places for those achievements to go. So, uh, yeah, that would be amazing, and I would completely play that. I mean, it's Capybara's first uh, game that they made. It's pretty cool. And I'm watching Good gameplay game and I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking, I know. <laughs> I don't, to be fair, as soon as I get the gist of it anyway, I don't know if this is a L game. I nope. No. But I, I do have to say, it's, it is <laughs> very satisfying to go back and play and finish an Xbox Live Arcade game. Like, they're... Mm-hmm. For someone mm-hmm. like myself, especially who played so many Xbox Live Arcade games, like uh, for the amount of games I've played on my tag, my gamer score is pretty low because I played so many 200 pointers. And it's nice to go back to one of these and actually put it to bed. That's super satisfying. Uh, and I don't know how many more Xbox Live Arcade games I'll complete because I don't really know what's in my collection that is is still completable or I have the competency to complete. So it felt awesome to do that. Xbox, bring back Summer of Arcade. That was such oh, a great idea. Yeah. So many good indies. Right, not the way it is now. Like, focus on four games and really promote them as the games of the summer. Like, I know we just had that indie showcase today, and we would have talked about that, but unfortunately, three of us weren't able to get to it, so maybe we'll touch it next week. But You know what's fun with a lot of these games, too, is that they'll have, like, Avatar awards tied to them, too. (laughs) Yeah. This one doesn't, unless there's something really early, but... Uh, Yes, you're right. I fired up Fable um, Anniversary, and I got an Avatar thing. Uh, (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, those things are awesome. Like, I kind of want to... I love that. I kind of want to go to that page on TA that shows you all the games that has them and, like, get as many of those as I can, because that's... uh, That's a page? I didn't even know that. Of course, that's a page. Come on. That's a thing. <laughs> you know, I really shouldn't be surprised, but I had no idea that was a thing. That's awesome. I miss the avatars. I love them things. Like, I'm, yeah, I've been playing my 360 and, you know, you scroll over and you see your avatar along with all your friends. It's just like, yeah, it was just a different time. That was great. Companion now it's cube. like you don't even know where to go change your avatar on the one. I do know Kush is writing yeah. Unicorn, though. I am. Yeah, yeah. That's what happens when you have a daughter and you let her play with the avatar. <laughs> oh, sure. Blame uh, your daughter. <laughs> yep. Right. <clears throat> and I know I've mentioned this in, in the past, but I remember all the Xbox Live Arcade games had demos you could download and try them. And there would always be or usually be a, a gimme achievement. And then it would say oh mm-hmm. you can get this achievement right yep. now if you pay whatever microsoft points 800 microsoft points <laughs> yep and like oh i want this 5g that was honestly <laughs> so much more effective at getting me to spend money on a game than 5000 really easy gamer score from an east asia soft game or whatever like that yep. mm-hmm. did it for me where i'd be like oh man i don't want to miss out i earned it already Ah, such a good strategy. <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> God, there's a couple of games I know I bought before that, like The Kingdom of Kathleen's, um, uh, mm-hmm. Hexic. Hexic is, was free, That's, wasn't it? No. Maybe yeah. it was, maybe it was uh, Hexic 2? Yes, Hexic yeah, 2 Hexic. at a cost. It was free. 
Okay, got him backwards. Also, another great arcade. Uh, yeah, arcade game. Mm. Wait, you know what you're doing in that game, Kenny? Because I just button mash and fail miserably in that game. I know what I'm doing at in that game. Hexic? I'm not good at oh. it. I'm never going to get the uh, Grand Poobah achievement, but damn, I tried a lot to try to get that. Could never do it. All right. Well, if that's all for that one, mm-hmm. I'm going to go ahead and go next and talk about the new game that I've been playing. Whoa. Um, yeah, it's actually like a new game. It came out in the middle of June. So I know we talk about Vampire Survivors a lot, and I'm sure a bunch of you are probably getting tired of it. So instead of talking about Vampire Survivors, I'm totally going to talk about a quite different game, absolutely no relation to Vampire Survivors, called Army of Ruin. This brand new, completely unique game (laughs) is really, really fun, and it's really freaking addicting. You, You have a character that has some sort of a weapon. And you don't actually fire that weapon. It just periodically fires on itself. And you have to survive waves of enemies and hordes that constantly come at you and want to try to kill you. And as you go through and level up, you're able to get new weapons and new uh, trinkets. And depending upon what trinkets you get, you're able to evolve your weapon. And that said weapon gets stronger when you evolve it. And the idea is just to see how long you can last or see how many waves you could fight off. Uh, Yeah, it's completely and totally unique. It's a really great style. Oh, it's also a roguelite. I can't believe I didn't mention that. (laughs) You know, as you go through these levels and beat these waves, you collect money, in which case that money can then be spent to upgrade your character so you know you have more more dps more fire rate um your the size of your weapons bigger you get extra lives uh regeneration stuff like that yeah it's uh it's a really freaking addicting game uh obviously it it, it, it's vampire survivors it's it, it is a vampire survivors clone we talked about it a few weeks ago when we posed the um your favorite clone or your favorite game as a clone of something else. And I know Nate mentioned this one, but I think at the time he only put like an hour into it or something like that. I went through and bought it because it's only $8 and you could double this price and it's still worth, worth it. If you enjoy this type of a game, it's so much fun. It's so addicting. Um, so I, well, before I give my actual thoughts, go ahead, Michelle. So I know the whole thing is this is very much like Vampire Survivors, but since we've already established that, yeah. where is it different? How does it compare? Are there any quality of life improvements or anything that makes it distinct in any way? Um, so I think the very first, very obviously way that it's distinct is the graphics. Um, the graphics are actually good. They're not that crappy Castlevania 2D art pixel art crap uh this looks like it was built for a modern console um the other distinct difference between this and vampire survivors is in like vampire survivors if you wanted to um upgrade 
if you have the garlic and you wanted to evolve it, you needed to have uh, the heart um, relic or whatever it is that they call it. I, I'm blanking mm-hmm. on the name. The item, the not weapon. You you know, you need to have a specific item to upgrade with a specific weapon. Right. Whereas in Army of Ruin, <clears throat> every trinket, which trinket, which is their their items, um, it in gives you it infuses you with an element, uh, of like a sun or a fire or earth or whatever, and each weapon needs two specific elements to to evolve it. So it gives you a little bit more freedom where, oh, because I choose weapon A, I must have item A. Mm-hmm. Where, where I, and in Army of Ruin, it's like, oh, I have weapon A, so I just need any one of these different uh, items that give me this element to, to evolve it. So there's a little bit more flexibility in your, um, in your builds, which is kind of nice. It also makes the game it makes the game a lot less um repetitive. Cause I I know for me specifically when I play Vampire Survivors, I basically go for the exact same build every single time because it just wrecks. I know what I'm choosing. I'm gonna keep re-rolling and banishing things until I get the weapons I will and and items I want so I can beat the game. Whereas in this, it's constantly mixing it up. Um I think the other difference in this one is you have five different levels and each level has like different um, levels of difficulty. So like you have your graveyard, you have graveyard one, graveyard two, graveyard three. And then after you beat it, you then unlock more challenges for that level where not only does it get harder, but they want you to complete, they give you more challenges and they want you to complete it with X weapon or use this character or do this. And as you get those stars, you, it actually, well, number one, it unlocks achievements. A lot of the achievements are tied to um, different challenges, but then completing those challenges also gives you money so you can go through and upgrade your character, which is also cool because in Vampire Survivors, it doesn't do that when you unlock stuff. But um, I'm curious, Nate. What do you think of the game? Because I know you've played it, uh, uh, you've played it a bunch as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've put about ten and a half hours into it um, <clears throat> now, <laughs> as opposed to two weeks ago uh, when I first mentioned it. Um, yeah, I, I think that flat out, no cap, uh, as the kiddies <laughs> say, uh, this game is in every single way better than Vampire Survivors. Uh, this is what if Vampire Survivors had a development team behind it and had, uh, you know, people contributing and like, uh, you know, putting out ideas and shooting down ideas and making and refining things as a team, as opposed to a single developer who went out there and just created their own genre. Right. Um, so kudos to Vampire Survivors. This stands on the shoulders of Vampire Survivors in every way. And I believe makes everything better uh the ui is better the information yes. that you oh my get God, yes. and need to know so like oh what do i need to do to evolve this much cleaner it's, it's yes it's not buried three menus deep it's like right there it's it's very well thought out the, the user interface 
that like Fufu was saying with the elements, like that is such a cool system. Like I don't have to always get the, uh, you know, <clears throat> the, uh, the heart or the little black heart that I don't know what it means, whatever. If I want that to go with this other weapon, I can just do it based off elements. And that's cool. And um, every time you go in, um, you, you figure out other things like, oh, well, if I beat this level with this person, I get this other character. And, and also vampire survivors, was just like, you know what? You know, we're going to make this game fun. We're going to fill the screen with sprites and then just colors and explosions everywhere. And then you won't even move. Like that's, that's your goal. Goal is to never move Uh (laughs) and like, just sit there and beat the game. Um, This game doesn't do that. They don't give you, at least in my playthroughs so far, I haven't gotten to level five or, you know, uh, of any area. You'll get there. But um, I haven't had to just, you know, screen wipe or have like every single inch of the screen covered with a monster. Instead, it's more challenging than that. They give you a certain monster density. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff on screen, but then they give you different, you know, monster types. So this monster shoots or this monster charges after three seconds and like, oh, but not only do I have that monster, I have this other monster that leaves like a slime trail or these turrets that pop up, you know, three minutes into the match. Um, so they've taken Vampire Survivors and they've just built on its shoulders and they've made a really great game um, that, like I said, in every way is better, except that it's not on Game Pass. <laughs> True. Yeah, I think uh, I have I've put uh, 13 hours into it and this is a 68, 60 to 80 hour completion. So it's much longer completion than uh, Vampire Survivors. I don't know if I will say that it's better, but it's really, really good. To me, Vampire Survivor or Army of Rowan is the Vampire Survivors like what is Call of Duty Black Ops is the Modern Warfare. Like they're so similar. It's basically the same developer, but they're different enough to be distinct from one another. One, one fun thing that they took from Vampire Survivors, right? There was, uh, for streamers, a lot of a lot of them would do this challenge called the No Move Challenge. And you would have to <laughs> yes, beat a level yes. without moving, right? You, and you, in order to do that, you had to invest a lot of time into the game to get a lot of money so that you could, you know, buy those, those roguelite uh, improvements to your character so that you could beat the game without even moving. Uh, and they do that in this game. Like, there's a, there are achievements tied to that. There aren't achievements tied to it in Vampire Survivors. But they took that from Vampire Survivors, and they incorporated that into the game. It's a known challenge you have to do, and there are achievements tied to them, and you have to do it multiple times. And like that's, like, so cool. Uh, yeah. Very cool. Yeah, it really truly is, like, I know a couple months ago we were talking about how Oh, if Vampire Survivors had a sequel, what would you want it to be? I want it to be this. Like, it, it really truly is that. It's like Nate said. They just everything that you love about Vampire Survivors, they really built onto it and made a, and made another game. And I'm really here for it if they make this a genre. I hope there's all kinds of clones because I love these games so much. There are, but they're all kind of spritey, garbagey ones. Like this is the this is the top. The top one that I've seen so far. Uh, what was I going to say? Uh, it'll come to me later. I mean, on TA, it's got a 4.39 ratio, or not ratio, uh, rating. So we're not alone in this. Every, everyone that's played this has loved it. And very much um, like Vampire Survivors, it has a lot of achievements, which is something else that they did, that they took from that and just 
did well. It has 98 achievements. It is so satisfying to be able to play through this. And pretty much almost every single run I've done so far, I end with some sort of an achievement. Now, I know that's going to start to come to an end here real shortly as I'm starting to get to more of the grindy type stuff. But like, oh, I did a run achievement or or like five achievements. Uh, I remember what I was going to say. I intentionally went back and played Vampire Survivors after playing Army of Ruin. And I was like, I wonder what that's going to feel like. And it feels like that was a prototype to Army of Ruin. And it feels like I want to be done with it as quickly as possible so I can go back and play Army of Ruin. Um, mm. Just because I like it better. I, I like the I like the play style of having to dodge and like pay attention to what's on the screen rather than just being so OP, I don't even have to care about it. That's like what you do in Vampire Survivors. You just get so OP, you don't even care what's on the screen. Uh, this, you have to dodge, even when you're OP. You have to pay attention to what's going on, and there's there's some skill in you know moving around. Now maybe that changes as it gets higher, but where I am right now, like it involves me paying attention and like reacting to things on screen. See, I th- I think that's just because you're probably maxed out on vampire survivors at this point. I know I am. I've got all the upgrades. Like any money I collect is basically useless. Um, I'm not like that on on army of rowan i'm still relatively weak like i like you said there is a challenge i do have to pay attention i do have to try i can't just sit there i mean i've to the point where eventually on the easier stages i can just sit there and literally let just let the boss run into me and i'm so powerful that i'm not going to die but like it's not just a gimme like vampire survivors is because i'm fully maxed yeah, Which, that, that could be. I uh, yeah, I I would be willing to bet that if you were to go through Vampire Survivors and like get rid of all your upgrades, you would have you would feel the same as you do in Army of Rowan, where you have to try. Which is another like little uh, another little perk that Army of Rowan has that Vampire Survivors doesn't is in Vampire Survivors, every single upgrade has a limit. In Army of Ruins, some things have a have a limit. But a lot of things like damage, there's no limit. As long as you have the money for it, you can just keep upgrading and just keep going, getting stronger. But yeah. Uh it's it's really good. It's 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 eight dollars. It is completely and totally worth it at eight dollars. If like I said before, double that price, it's still worth it. If if they would have put this out for 15, 20 bucks, I would have bought it. It's great. I love it. More games like this, please. Did they do what Vampire Survivors did? And each achievement is not only an achievement, but it does something, unlock something in game. Yes. Yeah. So when you do some sort of a challenge that allows you to uh, unlock an achievement, it also gives you a new weapon or a new trinket or even a new feature in the game. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is Vampire Survivors 2. They completely until he built off of it. Yeah, this game just appeared out of nowhere as far as I'm concerned. I saw everyone just playing it. I didn't remember any hype leading up to it. Yeah, yeah. it came out of nowhere. I saw Carnage playing it. I saw Stallion playing it. And I was like, huh. And I, you know, when I saw Carnage playing it, I should oh. say, that's when I was like checking it out. And then I was like, hey, maybe I'll pick this up. It's only eight bucks. Right, I found one negative. 
no it's not on PC. Windows. Right? Yep. Yep. Because I've actually played a lot of Vampires of Virus on my PC. Just because I can. Yeah. This game has 1,400 starters. If it was on Game Pass, it would have 100,000. Just need some more word of mouth, I guess. So here we are, word of mouth. Buy yes. it. Buy it. Melissa McGame Pass added the Game Pass. <laughs> and Very I also cool. just noticed that the developer of this also developed Farm Together, which is another game that Ugh. I love. So, like, let's go. Uh, but yeah, that's all I got for Army of Rowan. Um, let's get into some sales, I guess. Uh, Nate, what would you like to recommend? Yeah, there's not a whole lot on sales this week. I'm not really sure why, but I'm going to recommend Sword of Necromancer 374 down from 15. I haven't played it, uh, but this is a roguelike hack and slash. Um, it's got a 4.06 rating from 17 votes, so you know it's good. Uh, it's 15 to 20 hours. Uh, it looks a lot like a um, kind of a Zelda-like, but you uh, are a necromancer. So let's just say Dark Zelda. Um and, uh, you know, I like that type of game, so I will eventually get around to playing it. Uh, and next up is something that I, you know, Fufu probably would have taken if I didn't. Uh, it's Cyanide and Happiness Freakopalypse, uh, episode one. Ooh. It's $10 down from 20 Not a huge sale. Yes. Uh, the lowest price has ever been, I think, is like $8. Uh, it's an adventure game, five to six hours. I just marked it down because it sounded really cool, and I put it on my price tracking, and it popped up, and I said, okay, cool. I don't know too much about it other than other people like it. Um, so there you go. I think X mentioned this a few weeks ago. It might be yeah. like the one point and click that I would actually want to play. He mentioned it and you were super jazzed about it. So I put a price watch on it. Uh, and here you go. It's on sale again. All right. Um, Michelle, what do you want to recommend? I'm similarly recommending something that I had a price watch on. Uh, that would be foresighted fantasy. It is two ninety nine down from nine ninety nine. a puzzle platformer. Uh, that has to do with your character sort of wrapping around the edges of the screens as they're presented. Um, it is not super highly rated. It's only about a two and a half out of five, but also it's a very small gaming pool right now. Uh, and it's about six to eight hours to complete. All right. Um, L, do you have anything to recommend? Well, being that, our fifth anniversary is an old favorite game of the podcast ultimate chicken horses on sale for 749 half off <laughs> i feel like we used to mention that one quite a bit but haven't in a while it has that, been a while since we heard about that that one is four player party game that works local and online so that is always a plus it is one of um, the games that my son and his friends play when friends are over. So it's just for that alone. It's a cool one. That one stuck all out right. this week. There was a lot of easy games on sale, but we've covered all those multiple times. Yeah. We're definitely getting to the point where a lot, a lot of the games that are worth buying we've mentioned or they're they're on game pass mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. all right well we have some games of gold stuff uh, mm. if you're listening to this the day of you have three days to download the veil shadows of the crown 
Mm. And then you also can download Darkwood. And later on in a month, you'll be able to download the point and click when the past was around. I'm sure everyone's going to be thrilled about a point and click. I'm just kidding. I know. I'm just everyone. It's not. <laughs> Dark World's like, I'm sorry, Dark Wood is like a survival horror. So I think we have a couple of uh, survival horror fans in the, um, in the Discord. So there'll probably be some interest in that one. And if nothing else, it's free. Free's the best. And then we also have some stuff for Game Pass. We have uh, Common Hood, which is a simulation building crafting game. So Nate's going to be jumping on this. Can't wait to hear what he has to say about this. That's coming to the cloud console on PC. Nothing good. He'll play it just based um, on the name. <laughs> Insurgency Sandstorm for the PC. No. Uh, first person shooter. <laughs> and then we also have. Oh, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Let's hear it. Maquette. Darn oh. it. Good job. Darn it. That no, means I got it right. Maquette. <laughs> Maquette? Maquette? That, 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 Nailed it. it. Nailed it. There Nailed it. My bad. I got it wrong the first time. Maquette. There you go. Um, much better. <laughs> Maquette. It's it, it's Maquette. like French. You got to have Maquette. the A at the end. Oh, I'm sorry, no. not French. Canadian. It's like French Canadian. It's, it's Canadian. Maquette. Yeah. <laughs> um, soonish. I know. I saw something on TA that this is the uh, Annapurna game. Uh, Nate, do you know what's going on with it? Yeah. So a maquette, I believe, is like a miniature. Maquette. Yeah, I'm sorry, Machete uh, is a, like a miniature, <laughs> oh um, like diorama type uh, situation. So this game kind of plays with scale. Uh, like, you know, you're working on this thing and it makes this thing over here move uh, in, the, oh, in the outside bigger world. I'm pretty sure that's what this game is. Um, and yeah, and so I'm pretty excited about it. It's Annapurna. So, you know, eight out of 10, it's going to be really good. All right. Uh, July 14th is Exoprimal. I cannot wait for this game. I hope I'm not let down like I was with Redfall. Uh, coming to a cloud console and PC. July 18th. <laughs> we have another Nate game. Um, we have Technonica. Tectonica? I think I said that right. Oh, wait. This is game preview. Why is this on? No one cares about game preview. There's so much emails. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> You're right. By the way, it's a simulation, automation, strategy building. That's all the Steam tags. It's a Nate game. Um, and then last but not leave, least is the cave, which I think we mentioned yep. earlier on the show, or or was that before when we were talking? I yeah, don't know. I think it's that's pre-show. Just... We talked about it last week a little bit. Okay, I don't remember. This all runs together. Good not game. To mention it's late. <laughs> I know it's a good game. Double I hear fine. people that like it, but I don't. I know Very nothing funny. about it. Yep. We're gonna start a campaign to get it re uh, regenerated from platformer to um, not that. <laughs> Ugh, not that. That's very specific. It is. It is definitely one of the best not that's that I've witnessed. It's definitely more puzzly. Like the way the cave works is, you have three. There are a bunch of characters you can pick at the beginning, and you pick three of those characters to play as, 
And using the special abilities of each of those characters, you're able to navigate through the stages in the game. And, and everything comes together. Like, all the different characters matter. The game encourages you to play through multiple times. But, yeah, the, the elements are more puzzle than... Like, puzzle platformer, I think, would be fair. But, yeah, just straight platformer is a little misleading. All right. Uh, then we have some games that are leaving Game Pass. Presumably on the 15th. We have Spelunky 2. Uh, which, if you haven't started it, you're not going to do it. It's an 80 to 100 hour game. Uh, you have XO1, which is an adventure aerial game, 8 to 10 hours. You might be able to get that going or complete. And then we have Paw Patrol, the movie, Adventure City Calls. I'm sure Nate's already done this, but if not, he will be getting to it. Six to eight hour <laughs> adventure, action adventure game. I already it's, did that one. It's, it's notoriously buggy. And there's no tracking in-game, so you want to use a spreadsheet. But if you don't want to put yourself through that, but you still want to enjoy someone else's suffering through it, search for Fug's <laughs> posts on the Discord about his troubles with Paw Patrol the movie. It's great. You're going to have a good time. Hey, I know this game. Yeah. I don't a friend remember, of mine's kid was, was playing it. I don't remember Michelle having those kind of problems. Um, who knows? Yeah, I don't remember. I forgot what he said. There was, um, I do remember there was some little RNG thing with like how thing? the. I don't remember. Like I remember there was some little thing, but it wasn't wasn't bad. There's no tracking. You can't. Um, I mean, like if you miss a, a thing in the middle of like some of these rails on rails levels, you can't go back to it. You have to do the entire level all right. over again to get but back to that on rails section. It's not unique to this. He yeah. was complaining about time trials. I think. And some of the time trials, they don't have enough treats. That yes, they're they're randomly means. generated, so sometimes you don't have 300 treats to get. That's horrible. Like it's just right? not possible to get them in a run, so you have to keep doing it until you happen to get that RNG where it does have 300. Uh, I didn't have much trouble with it. I used a spreadsheet from the beginning, so I kind of marked off when I got a gold on something, and the RNG was in my favor. So I, I didn't have too much trouble, or I don't remember it, or I've repressed it. But yeah, uh, check out the Discord uh, for <laughs> to watch Fug uh, just scream about it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even uh, beat a baby child's game. <laughs> come on, Fug. It's Paw he Patrol. He eventually did it, but uh, spoiler. But uh, still good. Uh, but yeah, that's all the games that are leaving game, game Pass. Not a big list, fortunately. Um... Uh, let's go ahead and get into Brad Camp. Uh, take it away, Michelle. Well, I only have one completion to read this week, so we're really going to focus on the fact that Unky Tim Fu has reached a milestone of 950 completed games. Congratulations! <laughs> and well Fu too. <laughs> In streaks. Let's see if Unky Tim Fu shows up again. Uh, I see Thrasher with 50 days, Jeremy DJ with 100 days, X the hero with 200 days, and then he threw his console out the window and sat on it <laughs> and didn't fire it up. Uh, so let's see if he's got a one day starting, I don't know, sometime soon. Thrash Forever, 500 days, Philip Wendell, 1,150 days, Waka Pale, 3,550 days, and he's tied with Sniped by a Girl, also at 300, 3,000, sorry, 3,550. Uh, then you've got Firehawk D with 3,850 days and Biggle with 3,850 as well. Woo. Celebrating their one year achievement win streak is CJH Carter. 3,850. That is so long. Thanks. Nerd. In gamer <laughs> score, Petard has hit 600,000 gamer score. 
Z-Wavel Dioxide, something like that, 750,000. Logic Slayer is at 800,000. Ace has hit 1.1 million. Kitty Skies has hit 1.4 million. Alicia has hit 1.7 million. Mental Knight 5 has hit 2.5 million. And Sangrias has hit 3.3 million gamer score. That's a lot of gamer score. And leaderboards. Ace, who runs the place, is now in the top five of the British Columbia Gamer Score leaderboard. Hmm. Hmm. Chewy on Ice is now in the top 200 of the Gamer Score leaderboard for Adventure and Point and Click. Ice Fire Tian is now in the top 100 of Games Played leaderboard for Metroidvania. I know he's in the midst of a bean dive like many others, so wonderful to see more games played stuff. That that pops up, pop up, pop up, pop up. Jeblach down the top ten of the Nova Scotia tier leaderboard for open world, which is a callback to an early episode where Dino Bull really thought it was pronounced Nova Scotia. Classic. Ah, remember that? <laughs> so good. I do. Got him. Got him. Got him. Oh man, that's that. How do you pronounce that? KT Echo, now in the top five of the Ohio TA Ratio Leader Board. Northern Lizass is now in the top 50 of the England Games um. Played Leader Board. Prism Shift Scroll Lock is now in the top 200 of TA Difference Leader Board for Xbox One. And last but not least, Scatavace is now number one. That's right, number one in, oh, it's Pennsylvania. All right, good enough. Pennsylvania Achievements, one leaderboard for Metroidvania. Very nice, very nice. Good job, everyone. <laughs> job. <Great> job. But <laughs> <laughs> we all thought the same thing. <laughs> Except for Kenny, who has no idea. What no we're idea. <laughs> Nope. Great, <laughs> Not at all. And if it was some, if it was the joke that I would get, I wouldn't get it. It's late. So <laughs> I'm much, too tired. Much like Cyanide and Happiness, there was this other really popular on the internet property called Homestar Runner that uh, had a point and click game come out for it, and it's it's just a reference to that. Oh. So. Oh. Great gerb. Yeah, I have no idea what that is. Okay. We'll learn Yeah, you. I've never seen this. We'll learn you. <laughs> I just binged it. I've never seen this. You got some points. <laughs> hey, Kenny. All right. Oh, boy, yes. Go get some sun. Wow. Just getting all the callbacks. I had to get some in. I can I, only imagine what the show notes is going to be this week. I know it jingles your jollies when that happens. <laughs> You're so tired. Wrap up. <laughs> I am so tired. I, I legit was just trying to think of something. I think you just fell, like, I I, fell asleep. I, <laughs> I had nothing. Like, like The little hamster that's running. Yeah, he just stopped as I was trying to think of a, as a callback. But yes. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for a crazy, incredible five years. Uh, 
if you're not already, join a Discord, discord.io slash AH101. We got links to it down in, and along with everything else down in the show notes. If nothing else that we've done here, if the podcast, if you think is just mid AF, then you know oh, the Discord. The Discord is fire AF. It is amazing. It is the best. The community is is great. There's always someone uh, in the Discord chatting. We've got all kinds of different channels. Even if you know you don't want to go in and just talk about achievements all day, that's okay. We got you. We got you, fam. Uh, we have food and drink channels. We've got Nintendo channels. We've got PlayStation channels. We got all kinds of different stuff. Combat sports, other sports. <laughs> Discord is the place to be. I don't know what I'm rambling. I'm very. We will <laughs> let you know when a new Mountain Dew flavor comes out. We will let that group you ping you. <laughs> yes. Mike Pitch likes to routinely brag about all the things that he's won for free. He's got like 72 different Taco Bell consoles. Yep. And probably seventy two different Taco Bell like tacos and other things in his fridge <laughs> that he's just, had left over. I think he puts them in his fridge. I don't fridge. know where I'm going with this, but this join is, the discard. It's it's fun, it's great. This is the point oh, in the man, show where somebody's just like slowly putting a cane out to drag Kenny away from the spotlight. <laughs> we talk about movies, we talk about books. Well, we don't. I I don't read books. But English are hard. I don't I don't I don't read. But other people that like books re- talk about books there. All right, I'll stop. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. It's been a great five years. But for this one, class is dismissed. See you all next week. Goodbye. We love you. We love you. Go read a book. You've been a great <laughs> audience. Don't read. Read a book. Read a Play book. Read games. a book. <laughs> Go buy some Funkos and put and show, show us off in the Collectibles channel. Brush your teeth. Brush your teeth. Welcome back to Neverending Stories, a short segment where I talk with one of our patrons or podcast panellists about some of the games that they have left long unfinished. And not by completions, but the campaigns or stories themselves. Joining me this time again for the third time, I want to say, is... Uh, a man who is uh, <laughs> suitably named for this segment. Uh, it's GT3 Option Fan. How's it going? It's going well. So the third, the, we're going we're going through the third option from your list, <laughs> and you are the third option fan. Still not sure I know what it means. It, it's it's American football. You wouldn't understand it. Oh, okay, definitely. Yeah, I mean sports. Anything sports is, is no <laughs> go for me. American sports, you know, there's, there's no hope. There's no chance. So let's just pretend that your name is, uh, you're named after this very segment. Oh, that's right. It was always meant to be that we would talk about this amazing looking game. What game is it? 
This is Mercenaries 2. I think the full title is like World of Destruction or something like that. But Mercenaries 2, World in Flames. This is a game that was the oldest game on the list of games that I gave you. Oldest in terms of the fact that it was the longest since you started it. That's right. In fact, it's one of the oldest games, I think, on your tag entirely. Mm -hmm. Way, way, way back in January 2010 is when you first started it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So you were fresh, new to Xbox, relatively speaking, around that time. The game itself was released on... 2008 so it had been out a couple of years um, but that makes it one of the kind of earlier uh, games on the xbox what kind of a game is mercenaries 2 world in flames yeah so uh i'll give you a little backstory i had played the first mercenaries uh on the playstation 2 and i had really okay enjoyed it. mercenaries 2 is a sequel is what you're saying yes right makes sense makes yep. sense the, the, the name makes sense to me now <laughs> yes um and then actually the first one came out um as a games with gold title as like an original xbox um games with gold title um mm. it's uh mercenaries playground of destruction and the first one is set in uh a demilitarized zone in between north korea and south korea and there's all these factions that are around that zone and you're, as the name would suggest, you're a mercenary and you uh, just go to these different factions and you do uh, whatever different missions these factions have to uh, give you. And there's kind of this mechanic where if you do missions for one faction, you're going to make these other factions angry at you. So you kind of have to balance that out uh, throughout the game where If you do too much for one side, all the other sides are going to hate you and shoot you. So that similarly plays out in Mercenaries 2, that same mechanic. This time, though, uh, the story takes place in Venezuela. And you are doing a... um, At the beginning of the game, you're doing a series of missions for... I think it's Carmona and uh, Salone or something. I forget the guy's name, but you're doing a set of missions for this guy fairly early on in the game. They turn against you and you're seeking revenge for the rest of this game uh, after them. And so you're going around doing missions for these different factions. Most So it's a third person shooter. You're going around with vehicles and airstrikes. Um, you earn different weapons and different airstrikes throughout the game by completing missions for different factions. So the more you complete a mission with a particular faction, you get rewards. So you might get more of this um, for the People's uh, Liberation Army of Venezuela. If you do uh, missions for them, you'll get some of their vehicles some of their weaponry as rewards for completing some of those missions so you kind of progress throughout the game and then doing these side missions unlocks the main missions until you progress through the story and uh and and finish it that way so 
because you're kind of putting these factions against each other, does that make the game non-linear? Do you, do you have choice over like what order you do things in and who you make happy? Or is that is it still... Is the narrative kind of still controlled? It's an illusion of choice. There's, um, it's it's kind of an illusion of choice, but near the end, there's a, a branching point where you kind of have to side with one faction or the other. There's kind mm. of two main factions at the end, and you kind of have to decide if you're going to destroy one faction or destroy the other faction. But ultimately, it kind of you know, sinks back up in the end where you're still doing the same final mission. The, the ending is almost, almost the same. So you kind of take these branching paths, you can do different things. But one, one thing that's important to know is that if you make a faction angry, hostile towards you, you can just basically pay them off. Um, Mm. Yeah, at your base, you can pay them a, a, a sum of money, and then they'll be like, "Ah, okay, we're good." You know, it's it's right that you killed okay. or blew up blew up our base or whatever. You know, you paid us enough money, we're we'll we'll call it even. So, in terms of your story with the game, you started it as I said back in January 2010, and it looks like you pretty much sunk quite a good chunk of time into it. Between January and May of that year, you got over half of the game's achievements quite a lot of the story based stuff it looks like mm-hmm. and then uh, i don't know how far in the story you actually got but then you stopped you stopped dead <laughs> <laughs> did you recall way back then 13 years ago what happened oh uh, yes that made you stop oh you yes. do uh because every time i would revisit it and try to play it again I, I i remember why i stopped it and there's a particular mission that was challenging but not in the uh not in the fun way it was very is frustrating there's a lot of frustrating mechanics that play into uh certain missions in the game and uh i just it was just a wall that i hit and every time i played it it just kept hitting that wall and it was one of those things that that particular mission it was like a you're on an oil rig and so you can't really escape from where you're trying to all these explosions and you're trying to to extract this high value target but people are shooting you there's there's you can't really call in a vehicle because there's all these sam sites uh, around there's helicopters everywhere so there's lots of random explosions that happen and you don't insta die but you get knocked down to like three health. If you get if you get hit by a rocket launcher or something, you get knocked down to from a hundred health to three health, and it kind of gives you this one last chance that you're like in sudden death mode while your health slowly regenerates. Mm. But yeah, it was it was just that difficulty spike where it just for whatever reason I just said nah, I can't can't <laughs> do this, and I would move on to something else. Mm. Yeah, you you did come back in October of last year, but it looks like that was because they announced that there was servers closing for the game. The EA uh, server shutdowns of fall of last year that uh, I went back and cleaned those up, which kind of inspired me to kind of put it back in my uh, rotation for random to-do lists and such. It looks like those were for a co-op mode. Is that co-op mode kind of integrated into the 
the campaign and the story or is it a completely separate thing and do you did you actually do it co-op with someone so yes the co-op is kind of a um you join the host's game so it doesn't influence the story whatsoever but you know it's like the host it's kind of like halo you know uh, co-op and halo where you you've got master chief and then you've got this kind of secondary person that's joining in on Master Chief's mm. story. I do remember playing it back when I was actually playing this, you know, in 2010. I probably played it with some friends, uh, my college roommate or my brother, playing some of the co-op in it. But when we were going after the uh, achievements in last October, it was it was just purely uh, grinding it out and uh, boosting at that point. Yeah. Okay. So then you got you got all the online stuff, which is now completely discontinued. So anyone who's thinking, "Oh, this game sounds interesting," unfortunately, the completion will evade you because of <laughs> the seven online achievements that are now discontinued. Mm-hmm. Uh, if that game, if that doesn't bother you, then then it's fine. And then you picked it up again back in March of this year for Neverending Stories, where you got the remaining story achievements and wrapped it up on the 30th of March. Uh, how much time and effort do you think you ended up putting into it then? Did, did, did you still come across that, that hump? Was it, was it a really difficult thing to overcome? Or in, in the end, were you just like, oh, actually, you know, I, I've got the skills, I can do it. It was figuring out the strategy for sure. It was it was just thinking through more strategically how to clear out the enemies and some of the missions you just have to come with the right vehicles or the right set of weaponry when you start the mission. And so that was that was definitely some of it and some of it I just, you know, went and looked up a, a guide of like, okay, for this particular mission, what's what's the the tips? And so um, honestly, once I got past that particular mission on on the oil rig that I had trouble with, the rest of the game, while there were some still frustrating moments, it, 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 there weren't any significant uh, hurdles like that that first mission I kind of got stuck on. Now that the story is complete, do, do you kind of think it was it was kind of worth it to go back to and see it through in that way after so so many years? Were, were you able to pick up the the narrative thread is it, is it a strong story and was it kind of good to see it end or or was it just kind of meh okay secondary to the experience yeah i mean it's very kind of a generic revenge story mm. where the twist kind of came earlier on in the story where you kind of the person like you know, double crosses you and then that's kind of the twist of the game and you spend the, the last two thirds you're trying to enact your revenge and then you get to the, the final guy and you, you kill him. And that's how the game, you know, like that's, there's nothing too much to, to the plot of, of mm. the game. So it's not um, remarkable in that way. But for me personally, it was satisfying having something that had been on my tag for so long, just yeah. getting that sense of closure with it. Definitely. And speaking of closure, you are pretty much left with the game almost complete, in fact, um, having now gone through and picked up those things and a couple of missables along the way. You're now left with 33 out of 40 achievements, 798 of 1,000 gamer score. What you're left with is, looks like, 
some a mix of kind of random type missable bits, some collectible stuff, some cumulative stuff. Is that doable? Is that something you have any intention of going back to finishing, or or, or are you kind of thinking, game's done now, I can finally put it to bed? I will probably have it on my random to-do list and revisit it at some point. The problem with this is you have a particular achievement where you have to capture all high value targets. And that means they have to be alive. You cannot kill them. You have to extract them, put them on a helicopter and get them out of there. And that's uh, extremely finicky. And, um, you know, there's explosions all around, you know, there's always rocket launchers and helicopters and everything shooting at you all the time. Uh, you know, I, I did not go after that for this particular run because I, I'm pretty sure early on when I first just started it in 2010, I was not aware of that and I just kind of was playing through it naturally. And so, you know, I'm halfway through my save and I can't meet that goal. So I'm going to have to do a, a full on playthrough for that one, um, which I, I would be up for, but it's nothing high on my priority list. And finally, is it a game that um, if we saw it, I assume it's going to be in the bargain bins, potentially secondhand. It's it's, it's not backwards compatible, so it's it's three sixty only. Mm-hmm. If we saw that floating around, would you recommend it at this stage to anyone who might be thinking about getting it? Um, yeah, I mean, I would give it a uh, if. If you're a fan of, I mean, I would say the the closest parallel I could think of is maybe like the Just Cause games. Mm, um, okay. Just just as far as like open world, you have lots of destruction going on. Um, mm. The most fun parts of it are honestly the best tactic to survive in this game is to hijack vehicles and go from one vehicle to the next vehicle to the next vehicle. So like you hijack a tank, hijack a helicopter, it gets blown up. But while it's getting blown up, you just hijack the the next one. Um, And so there are elements that are fun to it. But like I said, there are elements that are are really frustrating. And um, so it, it just depends on what you're into. If you're, if you're into third person shooters where there's a lot of environmental destruction, um, yeah, give it a try if you don't care about getting the completion uh, in it. But if that doesn't sound like something that you're into, then just just go on to something else. Yeah, I was just looking actually. It's de- it's, it's developed by Pandemic Studios, who mm-hmm. haven't done a huge amount else. But what they have done is so they did Mercenaries Two, and then shortly after that they did Lord of the Rings Conquest, which I think is a quite well liked. Lord of the Rings game, but they also did the Sab- Saboteur, mm. uh, which is actually one of my kind of hidden Xbox 360 gems. It's like open world third person shooter as well, with a focus on destruction. You're d- destroying right. elements of the environment, specifically, kind of like you say, the Just Cause games, um, destroying kind of Nazi propaganda towers and and searchlights and things like that going around different areas of the region, destroying things, Mm -hmm. Um, which is a fun, you know, a fun gameplay loop. Right. They also did um, 
the original Star Wars Battlefront and Battlefront Two. Oh, I um, see. Yeah, back, back in the mm. day. Um, okay, yeah, they are. They're, they're pretty classic. Back in 04, 05, when they made the first Battlefront, Battlefront 2, and the first Mercenaries, you know, I enjoyed all those games a lot. I, I would probably say I I wanted more out of Mercenaries 2 than what it became, but for, for what it was, it was, uh, I enjoyed my time with it, but uh, I might not be uh, prioritizing it to uh, get the full completion. Well... Uh, thank you very much for talking to us about Mercenaries, which makes it the fourth of your never-ending story completion so far. You are smashing through the list. What's next? Do you have plans for any others in the pipeline? Um, yeah, I've been working a good bit on uh, Portal 2, so mm-hmm. um, I might be able to talk to you about that pretty soon. I also noticed you've been chipping away at Outland as well. Mm. So I'm hoping to see that one turn up at some point. Thank you very much, GT3 Option fan, and I'll speak to you soon. Sounds good. See you guys.